0: Before we get started, I just want to give you an FYI, there was some interference with my mic um, when I speak throughout the podcast, uh, but when Marissa's speaking, it's it's clear uh, we're working on this and quality will be uh, will be improved as we go along here. So thanks and enjoy. Hello, podcast listeners. Welcome to The Health Simple Show. I'm your host, Kyle Reedhead, and I interview health and wellness experts from around the world to help you live healthy, happy, and stress-free. Enjoy the next show. Today we're joined by by Marissa Liana, who's a certified uh, nutritional practitioner, a health coach, as well as owner of Marissa Liana Nutrition. Uh, If you haven't yet, check out her website. She's got a bunch of good contents, uh, some eBooks, a bunch of stuff to teach you how to eat healthy um, and how to improve your health. So uh, definitely check out her stuff. Uh, Today we're going to talk about gut health as well as ketogenic diets. I'm super excited because these are two hot topics, um, and I think we both are super interested in these topics, so welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much. I'm honestly very excited. It's good to be here.
0: Cool. Cool. We're excited too. So, Listen, let's get right right, uh, on the ball here and get started. Um, Mm -hmm. For those who don't know, because I feel like there's still a lot who don't, what is a ketogenic diet? What does that mean exactly?
1: Yeah, so essentially what a ketogenic diet is, is upping your fat content to a very high level. Um, Your protein content is moderate and your carbohydrate content is very low. Um, The idea behind a ketogenic diet is to switch your body from burning glucose as an energy source to actually breaking down fat or fatty acids into ketone bodies to use that as an alternative energy source. Um, So the The conception of this is that you won't have, you know, low energy levels from having sugar crashes that you would typically have when you have a carbohydrate rich diet. So people claim that their energy levels are um, improved and, and yeah, so essentially you're just switching your body from burning fat for fuel or sorry, glucose for fuel to fat for
0: fuel. Now, from what I've seen, because I have looked a lot into this lately, but Um, when you're burning ketones compared to sugar or glucose, um, you, you have a more, you can build more energy or you get more energy, I guess, when you break down ketone compared to sugar. Are you aware of that? Or have you looked into that at all?
1: Do you know what? Um, the preferred fuel source for the brain is glucose. Um, the glucose actually supplies our brain with the majority of energy. So, um, like you're saying that your body runs on fat better than
0: glucose that's what i've read now everything in in health and in science is mixed but what i've read um it was actually in a book by by dave asprey he talked about how you're more efficient and it's preferred um when you're in ketosis or when you're burning ketones than sugar Uh, but i've also read the others so that's why i'm asking you because i feel like you're no better (laughs) yeah
1: and and you know what um just going into this as well, like, I think that people the problem with the ketogenic diet is and and saying, you know, that I'm going to run better on fat, is that people have this conception in their mind, and they're not well educated. So what they start doing is they start going to the extreme where they're like, you know, putting a stick of butter in their coffee, and you know, eating a ton of bacon, and they're not necessarily paying attention to the quality of the food. So perhaps it's, you know, a better fuel source, but when you're not paying attention to the quality or you know, just going total overboard and total gluttony on one specific food, yeah.
0: you're missing yeah. out on so many other opportunities for health. So what are, is, what, are, yeah. what are some of the reasons why someone would go keto, I guess is the term?
1: Yep. Um, so there's people that have like a neurological condition such as seizures. Um, people can benefit from that. Um, there is research supporting the idea that you can reduce seizures by reducing glucose levels in the body. So ketogenic diets support that. Um, Of course, people with diabetes as well um, could benefit a ketogenic diet just because glucose, they don't have the proper insulin to put glucose in the right spots in their body. So they're getting things like nerve damage from elevated glucose levels. So um, that's beneficial. But what people don't understand is that your body can actually convert protein into glucose as well. So people that are eating a ketogenic diet, they're thinking that they're just really, really low carb. But they're consuming, you know, a lot of fat and a lot of protein. But there's actually a process called gluconeogenesis, which is essentially new glucose from things like fatty acids and protein. Um, So your body, this is a survival mechanism. Essentially, your body will create glucose in this way, even when you're not consuming glucose. So yeah, your body's smart.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It is, it is. So So you can't, basically you can't be high protein if you want to be keto, if you want to get into ketosis?
1: That's correct. It's moderate protein and people. I feel like that's a common misconception with organic diets. Yeah.
0: Okay. So someone who's looking to, let's say, build muscle, maybe not the best option or what do you think?
1: Do you know what? It honestly depends on the person. I, from my personal experience and experience with clients, I think that you need to eventually get to a point where you're replenishing your glycogen stores. And it's hard to do that when you're only eating like green vegetables. Um, Yeah. Yeah. You end up feeling flat in the gym. You don't have a lot of, you know, that fullness you feel from replenishing your glycogen.
0: Yeah. yeah. I
1: don't. But I mean, then you hear people like those. What's that pro basketball player that's recently following a a ketogenic diet?
0: I don't even know. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I'm not. Basketball not.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, Raptors play tonight. So, uh Excited for that, at least. So, okay. So, the big thing with keto, then, from what I hear, what I see, is fat burning purposes. Is that really the the reason that most people are going to get onto a ketogenic diet?
1: Yeah. So, people think that they can burn better fat, and again, goes back to that energy level and that sugar crash. So, people hope to have more sustained energy levels. People claim that they have a clearer mind throughout the day, just because um, they're not getting that those like insulin ups and downs. Okay. Uh, yeah, so essentially I'd say more energy and clearer mind.
0: Yeah, yeah. I see here some comments that LeBron, LeBron James is in ketosis at all times. I don't know if that's true, but uh, maybe maybe he's the guy. So I, I've kind of experimented with ketosis a little bit. Not, not a lot because I don't – kind of like what you were saying, I don't agree with it completely because I think trying to eat a solely diet that's from fat is – it's just super difficult, right? It's just not, it's not ideal for, for, you know, the average person. Um, that said, I mean, I'm pretty strict on what I eat. So I figured I wanted to try it and see kind of how it felt. Um, and one thing I did notice was that ups and downs does sort of diminish a little bit when you're eating mainly fat. Now, I don't know if I even ever got into ketosis exactly. Um, but I just know I eat a very high fat diet. I still have carbs. I still have berries and sweet potatoes and things, but the most of my diet anyway comes from fat and and I have seen a lot less of those kind of ups and downs today. So that was one benefit that I did see um yeah. myself anyway.
1: And do you know what it's funny because personally for myself I thrive on a high fat diet as well. But with that being said, I'm not following a ketogenic diet plan. Yes, I thrive better on fats. I don't like to do a ton of carbs but that's only because yes consistent energy levels. With that yeah. though for females especially, um, yeah. we have, you know, a lot of people have issues with like infertility and thyroid problems, and you see a lot of women dealing with this, and um, it's actually essential. Your body requires glucose in order to convert your T3, or sorry, your T4 thyroid hormone into your T3, which is your active thyroid. So someone that has, you know, a thyroid issue, they might not want to necessarily do a ketogenic diet be, to lose weight because they're essentially just putting their body through more stress, through yeah, their yeah. thyroid hormones. Um, yeah, so
0: that's... is, that's is I see kind of another concern with it then too. Is, I mean, if you're eliminating carbs, that means you're eliminating fruits, which is yeah. a common source of good vitamins and minerals and, and fiber and things like that. You're even eliminating a lot of, I guess, vegetables if you're trying to go keto.
1: Well, I mean in ketogenic diets that are like lower than 20% of your calories are coming from carbs. So yeah, like things, for example, like blueberries, you know, you're missing out on all the phytonutrients. Yeah, so,
0: exactly. You
1: no know, sweet potatoes. You're missing out on, you know, the vitamin A and the fiber. Um, you know, all of the cruciferous vegetables, broccoli, kale, Brussels sprouts, those things help to decrease estrogen levels in the body. They help yeah. the liver. So, I mean, I don't, I'm not a fan of any dietary extreme
0: um, Yeah, like that.
1: You know, just from personal experience, yeah. extreme
0: you go to is just,
1: it ends up backfiring on you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I completely agree. So do you see uh, a benefit to anyone going keto?
1: Yeah, like, like I said, someone who has diabetes, for example, yeah. um, yep. short term, it could be, a, you know, a benefit. Because it's crazy. Typically, people don't say, like, it's bad to have low carb. Like, I mean, in a world that we live in where people are consuming way too much food way too many carbohydrates we have you know yeah. obesity epidemic diabetes heart disease like it's not um very you know common for people to say it's not good to have low carbs so yeah. initially for people um that have like neurological issues or diabetes it could benefit but long term yeah. you're missing out on so many nutrients that i don't think it's a long term
0: um, yeah you know long term Exactly what I found too is it's not really sustainable um, mm-hmm. to eat into ketosis at all times. I think I think there's a purpose fat burning wise to maybe jump in and out of keto, but I mean that's not yeah. an easy thing to do. The average person is not going to be able to just switch their diet around like that. Uh, I was speaking to a, a buddy actually the other day and we were talking about uh, ketogenic diets. So he basically said he said you got to so you have to be so good with your diet already that you can go keto for a few days, you know, and start to accelerate that, that fat-burning process. Um, but it's not something that you stay in. It's not a sustainable thing mm-hmm. for various different reasons. So I kind of like that. You have to earn the right to go keto.
1: Yeah, it's true. And also, like, who has the discipline to, like, never go out and, like, enjoy themselves?
0: You know, yeah. like, oh, so
1: yeah. can't have a- I'm in ketosis. Like, who wants to live a life like that? Not me.
0: <laughs> and I guess, doesn't it take... I don't know if you know this, but it takes, was it a few days or a certain amount of time to actually get into keto? So it's not something you can just easily jump in and out of?
1: Right, that's true, because you have to deplete your glycogen stores, which is your storage form of carbohydrates, first in order for your body to transition to burning fat. Um, Things adding coconut oil, though, help to increase the rate your body goes into ketosis, apparently, so that's something you can do to accelerate. You would have to deplete your glycogen first.
0: Have you ever supplemented or consumed, I think it's called exogenous ketones. So basically there's companies that sell ketones in a bottle. People put it in their coffee or in like, they mix it in their yep. salads or in shakes. Have you ever used that?
1: No, but I have done bulletproof coffees and I love them. Okay.
0: Uh, yeah, me too. I do it every morning.
1: <laughs> yeah. Coconut oil itself is a medium chain triglyceride. The difference between that and like um, the ketones that you'd get from like an MCT oil is just that it's... The- yeah. Buying the store is a more concentrated version, but okay. the oil itself is like a natural MCT. So, which yeah, I, I oil. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah I, I do bulletproof coffee too in the morning. Uh, I'm using grass-fed butter though. Anyone who's doing bulletproof coffee, if you're using grain-fed butter that you get from the grocery store, it's brutal for you. It is not good for so no many good. reasons. Um, it needs to be grass fed or pasteurized, which you can get at like local health food stores or farmers markets sometimes. But it's not easy to find. But anyway, it's got to be grass fed; otherwise, you're literally feeding your body a lot of bad yeah, nutrients. Like,
1: and I would say organic um, hormones and the antibiotics, right? So organic cows yeah. don't have that. Same with even ghee. So, which is a clarified version of butter. So people that can't do like lactose and dairy, they can go with a clarified ghee. And it could be easier
0: on their stomach as well. So, I've heard a lot about ghee, but I have no idea what it is. Can yeah. you explain? <laughs> yeah.
1: It's just a clarified version of butter where they've removed the lactose. So people okay. that yeah, lactose intolerant, um, they can better handle they, ghee.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. Now, ketogenic. So our two topics today is gut health and, and ketogenic diet. So we're going to talk a lot about gut health. How oh. if anyway does a ketogenic diet affect your gut if it does this
1: is a good question so essentially your probiotics which are your beneficial bacteria in the gut they rely yeah. on prebiotic foods to thrive and survive so what prebiotic foods are are things like plant fibers um, that are found in the skin of apples and on the skin of artichokes garlic onions these types of foods provide our, our beneficial bacteria with food. So when you're following a ketogenic diet, you are very much eliminating the variety in your diet that's going to feed these probiotics. So okay. what you're left with is not, you know, much diversity in your microbiome and in order, in your yeah. microbiome is essentially your beneficial bacteria that are in your body. Um, when you don't have a diversity in your microbiome because you're lacking a diversity in your diet, you are left, you know, sick and unhealthy. Um, The reason being, you know, because your probiotics, and I'm literally so passionate about probiotics, so I might talk a lot. Um,
0: (laughs) Okay, good, go on, go on a rant, that's fine. (laughs) We're here to learn from you.
1: Good, you are essentially left with a lowered immune system um, because 70 to 80% of your immune system is actually in your gut. So when you don't have a diversity of these bacteria, your immune system's gonna suffer. Um, that's a huge one. Like all winter I've felt amazing because I'm constantly supporting my, my beneficial bacteria through lots of fruits and vegetables, um, through having biotic rich foods. So like, um, fermented foods, for example, like kefir, kombucha, um, sauerkraut. Those are all natural sources of probiotics, um, immune system. Not only that, when you don't have a good diversity of bacteria in your gut from not eating a rich variety of um, fruits and vegetables, your mood and your um, mental function is going to go down as well. What people don't realize... Sorry, I'm very long-winded.
0: Keep going. Don't worry. Keep going.
1: (laughs) Perfect. This is is
0: how we learn, right? This is how we learn, (laughs) so we keep going. Don't worry.
1: (laughs) So what people don't realize is that... Um, Roughly 70% of your serotonin, which is your body's feel-good neurotransmitter. It's what makes you happy. It's what makes you feel satiated when you eat a meal. Um, It's that good feeling. That's actually 70% is produced in your gut. So when you have an imbalance of gut flora due to improper diet, say you're keto, you're not eating much variety in fruits and veggies, your mood is actually going to be off as well just because you're not creating an environment for adequate serotonin production. So. Yeah, the two main points would be immune function
0: as well as mood, I think, are huge things to consider. And I completely agree because I've learned a lot. I've looked into gut health. Um, There's a big connection between your gut and and your brain. Um, I don't know if you know much about that, but this fascinated me because I'm big on the brain. Uh, I also work with a involved concussion management company. So um, the brain is kind of my fascination. Yeah. Um, and so when I learned that the gut is so involved with your neural processes and things like that, it, it was super interesting. So Can you touch on that a little bit?
1: Yes, please. So there's actually what's called the enteric nervous system. So what okay. the, is it actually connects your gut to your central nervous system, um, which is your, your spinal cord. So... People don't realize that your enteric nervous system is in constant contact with your brain. So if you eat a meal and you feel like you're in a bad mood, like that is your enteric nervous system telling your brain, like, I don't like that. Um so yeah, it's the enteric nervous system that connects the central nervous system to the
0: gut. So it's it's then affecting not just your mood, but I mean if it's that's your central nervous system, it's affecting your performance in the gym, let's say, your recovery from workouts. Um basically everything if it's connected to your brain correctly yeah
1: uh, and i mean there's that book what's it called brain brain like they've shown that even foods that you're eating are affecting you know the risk of like alzheimer's and that type of thing so yeah, yeah it's insane like there, the the gut is actually referred to as our second brain um, which is very yeah. Very-
0: yeah and i think a lot of it comes down to inflammation as well right so if you have And I don't know if it's from a mix of the bacteria that you have, but if you have bad bacteria um, or you're eating like processed foods and things like that, that's going to react differently in your stomach or in your gut, sorry, which is going to create inflammation kind of chronically throughout your body and can affect everything.
1: So true. Chronic inflammation, definitely. And probiotics actually help to reduce like inflammatory mediators. So um, that's another way that having good gut health will help with inflammation because they will help to decrease that in the body.
0: Now, do you – supplement at all for, with probiotics?
1: Definitely. Um, yeah. So for some people, I guess, that maybe don't follow me or don't know my history, I used to suffer from horrible digestive issues. Um, this had to do with a lot of things. The fact that I, at the time, didn't know much about... Um, like I knew about eating healthy, but I didn't know to the extent I know now. So I was still consuming processed and packaged foods despite you know yeah. eating salads every day. Um, I was on the birth control pill, which creates a very acidic environment in the gut. Um, as well as, you know, excess estrogen also feeds candida. Um, candida is a type of yeast that can become overgrown due to the birth control pill. Um, too many refined carbs, too many sugars in the diet. Um, where was I going with this? Oh, supplementation. So one of the things I did that honest to God changed my life was adding a probiotic and, okay. Literally if I had to pick one thing for everyone to take for the rest of their lives, it would a hundred percent be a probiotic.
0: Really? Um, yeah. That, that capsules, that pill, how's that has that what forms that come in?
1: Yeah, so the one I take is a pill form. Um the reason why you want to do like a pill versus say a liquid or a powder is because the one I take is actually by genuine health. It's enteric coated. So when a probiotic is enteric coated, it bypasses stomach acid so that um, the beneficial bacteria don 't get killed off by stomach acid before they make it your small and large intestine
0: makes sense that's cool mm. uh, so there you hear a lot about probiotics it 's advertised all the time on t v and things like yogurt um uh-huh. which is obviously processed as is so does yogurt actually help i mean i've heard a lot that the 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 downfalls of eating processed foods like yogurt with all the sugar in it and stuff actually just basically negates the probiotics that are in yogurt.
1: Yeah, so that's that there's a couple things you want to consider. So, one like how are you doing with dairy? First of all, are you digesting dairy properly? 75% of the population doesn't digest lactose. Um yeah. so there's that and then again if your dairy's not organic, there could be lots of hormones and antibiotics. So that's just one side of it, but in terms of it being a good source of probiotics or not, um is the dairy pasteurized? That's one of the first things you want to ask yourself because When something is pasteurized, it's heated up to a very high temperature in order to kill off any bad, um, you know, microbes in there that could make people sick. So legally in Canada, you have to have pasteurized dairy. What pasteurization would do is, you know, kill the live bacterial cultures. So is there even any in there when you're eating it? That's the first question. The second question would be the strains that they're using. Are they even strains that are human strains or are they... Um, is there enough in there? So the probiotic I use has 50 billion active live cultures. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know, like a thousand. I don't know. Like you, you have a million yogurts to get the same amount you would in a probiotic, which by that point, you're probably going to be crapping your pants because who can eat that much (laughs) yogurt? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that is just an insane amount of sugar, which is obviously not a good thing to do either. So that doesn't make any sense. Um, Cool. So what foods um, or things that you consume, I guess, will affect your gut microbiome or your gut health the most? So what's going to get rid of the good bacteria?
1: What's going to get what? Sorry?
0: Get rid of the good bacteria. So what are the bad foods to eat for your gut?
1: Yeah. So number one, um, antibiotics. They destroy not only the bad bacteria, they destroy the good bacteria. So... If you've been on an antibiotic recently, um, it's safe to say that your good bacteria are probably completely wiped out. And if you had diarrhea or constipation, that's definitely why. Um, Another thing that can impact the balance of good and bad bacteria would be the amount of sugar and refined carbohydrates you're eating. So what these foods do, sugar, they actually feed the bad bacteria. So um, if you're constantly bloated, if you have yeast infections, these are the types of foods that. Feed candida that feed bad bacteria, so that can completely throw off the balance between good and bad bacteria. Um, pesticides, as well as herbicides, these types of things kill our good guys as well. So, if you're not buying organic or if you're not properly washing your foods, um, that could kill your good guys. Even chlorinated water, so you want to get filtered water. Um, yeah, those are the things that come to mind,
0: definitely. Okay. So, So, sugar. Um, processed foods, I guess, is going to be a big one, right? Um, and then pesticides and things like that. Filtered chlorine water, though, eh? Yeah. am pretty sure all water in Toronto is chlorinated, I believe. And I know,
1: I know chlorinated water, <laughs> uh, antibiotics, um, as well as artificial sweeteners. Some studies show that that has a negative impact on our microbiome, so.
0: Okay. I actually had a question about, it's called agave. Oh, agave. It, yeah, I agave mean, nectar or something like that. It's still, uh, still sugar. Shots, any good? Yeah, still sugar. That's what I assumed.
1: Yeah, it's still sugar, right?
0: Yeah. Just
1: like maple okay. syrup it's definitely better than something super refined.
0: Yeah. But it's still sugar. Okay, okay. So, and actually it's funny that you brought up antibiotics because I actually had someone, a friend of mine who's who messaged me yesterday who was saying they were starting to have some digestive problems and was wondering what she should do. And we, I started asking some questions and we came up with the week before she actually took uh, antibiotics. So we're like, okay, it's definitely to do with that. We've got to get some good bacteria. So what kind of things other than taking a probiotic supplement, what sort of, what is the best way to quickly get good bacteria in your gut? Yeah.
1: Well probiotic for sure. Okay. So what I do with clients is what's called the digestive healing protocol. So it's not quick, unfortunately. Like, the quickest thing you could do would be to take a probiotic. Yeah. Um, but in order to properly heal, heal your digestion, I usually do a four-step process with clients. Um, okay. Some people might be with it. It's the four R's of digestive healing. So remove, replace, re-inoculate, and repair. Um, so yeah. the remove phase, <laughs> yeah, you're going to want to remove all of the foods that are causing the bad bacteria to be overgrown. So, yeah. Um, we just discussed so that being you know antibiotics you're going to want to remove that you're going to want to remove foods that are rich in pesticides and herbicides Um, you're going to want to remove excess sugars and refined carbs so removing all the things that feed your the bad bacterial balance um replace, replace would be the next stage so in the replace stage you're going to want to replace all of the missing nutrients that your body needs to thrive and have a good bacterial balance so Um, you know, getting back in those prebiotic foods, like those vegetables that really will help your probiotics flourish. So adding of, you know, fruits and vegetables would be a really good next step. Um, and fermented foods, of course, that's going to be a a really good next
0: step. This isn't simple. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, no, it's okay. (laughs) This is, this is good because this is practical, right? This is something that whoever's listening right now, whether it's on the show or on the podcast can literally go home. And, and do right now, right? So that's what I like. It's this these five the, the four steps is something that's practical. So I like that
1: Yes, so then you're gonna replace so that's the next step. Um, the reinoculate stage would be adding that probiotic in so um, okay. Something enteric coated for sure. You're gonna to want to get an enteric coated one I really like the genuine health one um, and something that's multi-strain. So this is actually interesting um, When you go buy acidophilus for example, a lot of doctors recommend don't oh, just go get acidophilus but the thing is bifidobacterium is completely different area in the, the you know stomach and intestines than lactobacilli acidophilus. So by just taking acidophilus, that's going to be really good for your small intestine. But if you're missing out on that bifido, you're essentially like leaving out your colon, which is your large intestine. So multi-strain probiotic okay. is what you So that's the third R, the re-inoculate stage. And yep. then the fourth R, Repair. So, a lot of the times people will have really bad gut damage from excess inflammation. So, um, repairing would be, you know, including lots of anti inflammatory foods to help decrease inflammation. So, omega 3 is either from, you know, fish oils or um, plant based sources like flax seeds or chia seeds, those types of things. Um, Zinc, glutamine, those are other things that you can increase in order to help repair the um, lining in your gut. So, yeah, that is a long short answer.
0: Cool. I love it. I like that. Four R's. we'll remember that uh, for anyone else that, that asks about, uh, about gut health or, or who's just taken antibiotics, that's good. Um, so we, we've talked about sort of ketogenic diets in, in for, for you know fat loss, uh, but we've also talked about it on kind of the, the other side of it where it may not be the best health-wise. When you deal with a client who's looking for you know overall health, health but also fat loss, what sort of, if you're not putting them on a ketogenic diet, what sort of, what's your suggestions?
1: Yeah, so definitely balanced, um, and sure. I'll explain what that
0: means, but
1: I think that, and <laughs> if you look at my Instagram, all my posts are about balance. I am a huge believer in balance. Um, I think that, like I said, extremes, I've tried them in the past, and it backfires, so I go over um general detox diet guidelines with my clients. So I we start to focus on quality. So, you know, okay. not only are you gonna be eating, you know, more protein, it's like, okay, where do you get that protein from? So of course, grass fed, um, hormone, you know, free as opposed to grain fed, it's gonna have higher omega 3s, that type of thing. So we focus on quality for sure. Um, we're eliminating a lot of processed and packaged foods, of course. Um yeah. Honestly, and I and I say this, and I kind of joke to people, but I feel like I would lose my job if I just told people, you know, eat things that are from like the earth. Yeah, like,
0: exactly.
1: <laughs> right, like just eat real food. Um,
0: yeah,
1: it's yeah. In my mind, it's so simple, but people don't understand. You know, the right amounts of things to eat. So. I tell them, you know, how much protein they should be getting, how much carbs they should be getting, how much fat they should be getting. What did this person say? It's long. I just started taking a cultured coconut kefir, which is lactose-free, sugar-free, and casein-free. It has three billion units and 50 strains. Oh, awesome. Yeah, that's great. Coconut kefir is awesome. Perfect. Cool. Good review. Yeah, that's great. Um, Sorry, what was I saying? So... You're
0: talking about um, real food.
1: Real food. Yeah. So just eating real food, honestly. And-
0: I was reading an article yesterday and uh, it was talking about processed foods. And basically what they said was that in America anyway, and I assume it's probably very similar in Canada, 70% of the food we eat is processed, which just absolutely blew my mind. So I literally took all that and put it into a big post that I think I'm putting out next week, all about why you need to eat real food. Um, And the other thing, when you talked about, quantity so like the amount that you're eating when people always ask how much food or what macronutrients they can eat i find once you eat real food it's difficult really difficult to overeat so Mm -hmm. as long as you're eating real food other than maybe fruit people can go off and eat a lot of fruit but as long as you're eating a whole food diet it's very very difficult to to overeat like it would be if you were eating a bag of chips or you know some candies or something like that
1: yeah, like two slices of pizza, and you're like a thousand calories deep. Like it's insane.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Although, so, it tastes- yeah. <laughs> so
1: eating natural. Um, and if I had to pick one diet type to recommend, I really do think that the paleo type diet is my favorite out of all of them. Just because it focuses on quality versus like Atkins, which is just like super high fat that type thing. Whereas, um, paleo is maybe a little higher fat, higher protein, lots of plants, but it Emphasizes quality, which I really love about paleo. So yeah,
0: yeah, Yeah.
1: that would be like my favorite diet type I guess you could say
0: yeah, yeah, I think I think the take home from that is, is it Doesn't matter about the type of diet necessarily. It's try to eat real foods things that were alive at some point or that were grown in the earth and if you can do that that's really gonna help you build a foundation uh, of health and then I think from there once you're able to eat real foods then you can start trying different diets if you want to go high you know high fat or low carb or you want to go high carb for whatever reason you can start to play around with things but if you're coming from eating mainly processed foods I don't even think there's a point in trying to go high fat or low carb whatever it is it's just start eating real food and then yeah. we'll go from there right
1: exactly and making sure you have good bacteria because even if you're eating like i know some people will you know start eating healthy and they're like oh my god like i have really bad bloating and i have really bad gas it's not because of the foods it's because you need to take a look then at like your good gut bacteria as well
0: yeah Yeah. okay well i'm glad you shared kind of the importance uh, of the gut i think a lot of people don't realize how important the gut is um really cool topic i love that okay so i have Final question, unless there's other questions. If anyone has questions, feel yeah. free to type in right now. Um, but I have a, a final question for you. Okay. Um, and this is something that I ask everyone that's on the show. Um, so knowing everything that you currently know, it's been, I don't know how many years through your, your education and through this kind of health process, if you were yeah. just starting out your health journey, yeah. what would be the one piece of advice that you would tell yourself if you were just starting out? One thing right. that you'd want to know. My whether health. it's, yeah, so whether it's fitness or nutrition or just anything in general.
1: Oh, my God. That's a hard question. Um, Go right on your right the spot. Yeah, the one piece of advice I would tell myself about my health journey if I was just starting out.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Oh, my God. Um
0: For wow. anyone listening tell you know that this conversation was not planned in any way. <laughs> We're just going <laughs> off. <on. laughs>
1: you know what? And to be honest, I do not really have an answer other than the fact that, and I posted about this today is just like constantly ask yourself the why, like, why are you doing what you're doing? Um, and my why has been very consistent. So it's hard for me to say, I wish I would have known something then because I'm a, I feel like my goals and, and my vision for my health has been very consistent. Um, yep. I just always wanted to do what makes me feel good.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: it, what doesn't make me feel good? I don't know. I <laughs> It's hard to take a pro. I like that
0: though. Oh. <laughs> I like that. I think going with the why is exactly it, right? I mean it's it's the why is kind of running with your your values. If your value is is to be healthy and live a happy life, then of course that's kind of what's gonna push you to to make changes um in your life to be more healthy, to go, you know, exercise more or whatever it is. So I think that's a that's a great answer.
1: I just realized too, actually I have my answer. So that okay. that's it, but I wish I would have known back then how important mental um just like how important your mind is throughout the whole process. Um, which is insane because I truly believe this is kind of woo-woo, but I truly believe that if you have your in your mind like a vision of what you want to look like, a healthy state you wanna be in, like I think you can achieve that just by believing it. Like
0: you
1: know, for example, I I remember like Do you agree? Yeah. How powerful your mind is. That's something I wish I would have known.
0: So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that's a big thing for me for everything for, um, and there's a couple of questions we'll get to in a second, but I think if you just put it in your head, you visualize it, you're, you're able to accomplish it because it's, it's something that you think about. It's something that you work towards as long as it's in your head. But uh, if you don't believe that you can do it, you're never going to actually do it. Um, yeah. Question here from Nat Bar talking about birth control, because you did touch on it earlier. Uh, is yeah. all birth control bad, or is there ones that you suggest, or should she go off it, or what's, what's your uh, suggestion there?
1: Yeah, so do you know what? Um, there's a lot of claims on the market about how it's a very low-dose estrogen, you know, and that's how people think one birth control is better than the other. Um, but I've actually looked at some literature that shows that what's considered low dose is actually like thousands and thousands of times more estrogen than you would normally be getting um, compared to the old birth control pills or um that your body would produce in general so the problem i have with birth control is a it's a synthetic form of estrogen which that is breast cancer and cervical cancer and that type of thing but also it's not addressing why you might be having issues that you're having so um you know, say you have really bad acne or, um, your cycles are off. Like you're by taking birth control pill, you're not regulating a cycle. It's false. It's not actually a cycle. You're just covering up an issue that you're not really addressing. So it's still a synthetic form of estrogen. It still creates a really acidic environment in the body. Um, and estrogen feeds candida, which is a lot of, it's a problem for people. So, um, you know, yeast infections and that type of thing, as well as blood clots. Oh, my God. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah, there's just. Uh, so so you recommend not using it, I assume That's correct. Yeah, it's unfortunate, uh, but I agree. I mean, and I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a female. I've never used it, obviously. But just from knowing what it does estrogen wise, uh, it just can't be good for you. Regardless of what they say, it doesn't make any sense that supplementing or I guess supplementing and taking this every single day is going to be good for you. Even things like, and I don't know your thoughts on this, but soy where it's kind of high in estrogen also has some harmful effects to it from what they found in some studies anyway, because of the estrogen content too.
1: Yeah. So soy is very estrogenic. Um, but here's the thing about soy. So I've kind of gone back and forth with my love and hate for soy. Um, what people, so what you're referring to is it's a phytoestrogen. So seeds yeah. are another example of that's high in phytoestrogens. Um, what phytoestrogens are is they do have an estrogen-like effect in the body. So someone that maybe has like um, endometriosis or um, you know something like that that's very very elevated estrogen, they might want to you know decrease their content a little bit. But phytoestrogens yeah. actually can be a benefit because they actually help to block out the xenoestrogens, which are the environmental and made estrogens from binding to our hormone receptors. So okay. yeah, a small amount of phytoestrogens from this natural food. But it's actually beneficial in the sense that you're blocking out the ones that are a thousand times stronger that are synthetically made from the environment. So
0: Cool.
1: Okay, yeah. makes sense.
0: I guess key still is moderation. Don't eat exactly. soybeans every single day or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we got another question here. Yep. Uh what's your thought on coconut sugar? All sugar is terrible, but if I had um if I had best of the worst options or had to pick the best of the worst options.
1: I love coconut sugar. Um, it's a lower glycemic index. Um, it's really rich in iron versus um, like refined white sugar. It's There's no nutrients in that. So coconut sugar, yeah, you're getting the iron in there. You're getting a lower glycemic response so you're not spiking your blood sugar as much. Um, there's more nutrients in that for sure. So more bang for your buck in terms of nutrients.
0: When you say it's it. low glycemic, is it still fairly high compared to the broad yeah. spectrum thing. Yeah, okay, but it's a better option than refined sugars or most other sugars, I guess
1: Yeah, because refined sugars you're it's literally empty calories, right? There's nothing.
0: Yeah. no nutritional yeah. benefit Cool. Okay, awesome. Another one here. And this is actually a question when you were talking about probiotics uh, I assume you can you consume it consistently or is it something you do or recommend just to repair?
1: I thought, do you know what I? personally will take a probiotic for the rest of my life um just because of how much it's helped me like it literally like if you look at my before and afters i was just like in not a good state of health my digestion was horrible and how amazing it is now like the one thing i do consistently is take probiotics so i don't see why i'd want to stop yeah
0: um,
1: but i mean some health professionals will say you know some people will take you know one every 3 days like you know okay. For me, it's not broken. I'm not going to fix it. Um, I'm going to keep taking one every day, but I mean, yeah, a couple times a week.
0: So you don't, you don't need a cycle. If you're on them, you can just, you can continue to take it. It's not something you need to go on and off kind of thing.
1: I don't think so. The only no. thing that you'd maybe want to consider is if, you know, you have like SIBO, which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth or candida, you might want to consider like different strains for different issues. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but for someone that doesn't have like a candida problem or a small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, I would recommend just like a general probiotic, but it does become a little bit more specific when you have a bit more of a specific complicated issue.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so if you are concerned about certain symptoms that you're having or you may have some sort of issue and you want to get your gut health checked, what is the best way to do it? I know there's different things. I mean, you can get your your stool checked or uh, your blood, that kind of stuff. What's the best way is there? A preferred way i guess
1: yep. so there's there's a couple of different ways you can check your bacterial balance i mean stool sample would be yep. an um i use a lot with clients symptomatology so what that is is addressing an issue based on symptoms um it's actually very effective if you look at a lot of the research that supports certain symptoms equaling a certain condition so okay. i can just tell and explaining what they're going through, like what their issue is going to be. Um, so, symptomatology or stool samples—I'd say you can see if you have, you know, parasites or candida overgrowth. Um, those would probably be the two two options. I know there's like saliva tests that measure levels of different acids and stuff in the body, but
0: not too familiar yeah. with those. Okay, cool, awesome. Mm-hmm. Now we have one more question here from Dave Meister asking about wine. Uh, that's a fun topic. So do you think, uh-oh, uh, okay. do you think uh, that wine has it's a book has beneficial phytochemicals? Yeah, Thoughts for sure. Yeah.
1: Definitely. Um, the one interesting thing I was reading lately is that um, fermented foods, and this is interesting, so wine going, fermented foods being a natural source of probiotic, for some people this can actually generate an elevated histamine response in the body. So... Yeah. Histamine mean, is our response where we get a vasodilation of our blood vessels, so our blood vessels open up so we can get our immune cells into a specific area to fight off what's going on. So wine is an example of something that can increase histamine levels. So if you're getting like really flush, breakout, out in hives, that's something that I just found interesting that I read lately. But yeah, definitely wine is a good source of phytochemicals, like red wine, of course.
0: Yeah. yeah. And again, in moderation <laughs> because um, obviously alcohol is not good for, uh, for gut bacteria either. No, definitely not. Now, what about coffee?
1: Yeah, I'm a huge coffee lover, uh, big coffee fan. I think that too much coffee is not
0: good. I think yeah. if you have like
1: adrenal fatigue or elevated cortisol levels. Um, like it's probably you might want to like cut back a lot. But um, yeah, I think coffee is very beneficial for the liver. Uh, it's a good source of antioxidants. I would recommend doing like an organic coffee. So you're not getting like excess mold and toxins in there, but I'm a huge fan of coffee. Yeah, I think it's good.
0: Cool. Awesome. Okay. Well, I think, uh, I know you've got somewhere to be, so I think we're going to have to, uh, cut this short here. Um, I just want to say thank you for coming on the show. Super (laughs) interesting. Uh, love what we talked about. Um, and I'm sure all the listeners and viewers will, uh, as well. Um, So for those of you watching this will all be on iTunes hopefully tonight. We'll see how long it takes Um, And uh, and you know what I see there's other people still trying to ask questions What we'll do is maybe we will get Marissa back on another time We're gonna do a lot of shows over the next little while so maybe we'll get Marissa back on and she can answer more questions or Just go check out um, her Instagram page and she posts a ton of good content so she may answer questions there um, or I'm sure you can DM her or comment on one of her pictures um, and ask some questions there and, and she can answer you. Um, but uh, thank you again for coming on the show. This was awesome.
1: Thank you. And I don't know, I wanted to say, too, I don't know if you have, like, show notes, but I actually typed up, like, my answers to a lot of the responses I wanted to talk about. So I'm going okay. to actually blog post on my website about a lot of the things we covered. Um, so if people yeah. want to check my website, I will be posting a blog probably tomorrow morning. Um yeah, so my website link is on my Instagram
0: page if you guys want to check cool. out the show. Send me those because I will put on the show notes on iTunes uh Perfect. as well as a blog that shows this as well. Um so we'll put it there. We'll we'll list some of the um the supplements that you talked about and some of those things. So they'll all be on there uh on iTunes. So uh if you haven't yet, by the way, everyone, go subscribe to the iTunes uh podcast. It's just called Health Simple. We're still working on the logo, but uh go check it out and uh, we'll have this on there soon. So thanks again.
1: Perfect. Thanks
0: so much. I had a lot of fun. Awesome. All right. Have a good night. you.
1: You too.
0: Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Hell Simple Show. More importantly, I hope you learned something from it. If you did, leave me a review on iTunes. It would mean the world to me.